Okay, everyone, welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Thank you so much for donating your listening time uh, to this podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, just, you know, if you if you like what you're hearing, go ahead, just hit that subscribe button. That gives you a chance. You don't have to ever download a podcast. I'll just do it automatically for you. You get all your listening and food pleasure just automatically delivered. Don't have to worry about it. No hassle, no anything. Now that I got my little spiel out of the way, we get to today's guest. And this is one that I am extremely excited about. When this idea of starting a food podcast was first pitched to me, um, the producers were like, okay, start formulating some guests in your mind of of people you might want to bring on. This guy was one of the first that popped into my head because he is a very trusted food expert. He covers Nebraska football and recruiting for 24-7 sports. He hosts the Nebraska Recruiting Hour daily on 93.7 The Ticket. He shares a long-standing love-hate relationship with the Minnesota Vikings. And most importantly, for the purposes of this podcast at least, he is my go-to source for burgers in Nebraska. Mike Schaefer, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am uh, I'm good, Dan. I, uh, I'm excited to, to see where this goes. Um, I appreciate that I was high on your list, though I think a lot of that has to do is I'm, I'm very bad at telling people no uh, <laughs> as I appear on too many shows and too many podcasts and everything else. And so, but I, uh, I'm excited to do it. I was excited to, to learn that this was something you were going to do. I know that you've been listening to a variety of podcasts for a long time. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious, how has the experience been for you as a, as a podcast host, as a guy who recently started a radio show? Yeah. Uh, I have learned a lot about being a host in a short amount of time. And so I would imagine that you have also, it's a crash course, like every time the mic turns on. It really is. Um, it, it's its so much fun just to be able to to get on and just riff with people. Like I love, and, and I did this, you know, I do this with every guest. I did it with you. Like, you know, you kind of, as an interviewer or, yeah, I'll call myself an interview in this case, but like you come in with a set list of questions, but the beauty of podcasting is just, it's a conversation and it, it's kind of an interview style, but it's more discussion and you just kind of go where the conversation goes. That might go, you know, where I originally planned it to, it could go completely off the tracks, but it's interesting either way. And that's what I love about this. And, uh, and one of the reasons I am so excited to have you on because, we have a long-standing relationship. We've known each other for a while, so this has a chance to actually be a decent episode. I yeah. feel like, at least, like two thousand nine. Is that about right? Probably. We yeah. we've been long-standing friends on the Nebraska football beat, which I unfortunately left a couple of years ago. But yeah, we were we were hallway buddies up during the Nebraska <laughs> press conference. There's, there's nobody left. There's not even a you know it's a, it's a Monday here. There's supposed to be a press conference today. They're not even having anybody in the hallway. The hallway has just been decimated. Oh no! It's also the state football. Ah, that's so true. That's that, true. That might have as much to do with it as anything. But it's like our great legacy is gone now. <laughs> now it's just sad Valentino's our Monday pizza press conference and, uh, fantasy league that we had for yes. all of uh, two years. Yeah, it was short lived, but it. Uh, it lives on in infamy now. So this is a burger episode because I, I, and we'll, we'll get into that, but I wanted to lead off with something a little bit different because I just experienced something yesterday that I feel like we need to talk about. I know you are a big proponent of the Bearshin Beer Garden. That is a, um, a fairly new establishment. I feel like this past summer, uh, maybe spring 
in the Benson area. It's a place that specializes in German beers, burgers, and everything. But and the burgers are very, very good. The beers are the, it's a wide ranging menu, very um, a lot of different flavors, a lot of different directions you can go that you won't find at a typical pub or alehouse. But on Sundays they do a brunch. And I think we need to talk about this brunch. Tell me about your brunch experience, and then I'll share mine because it was spectacular. Yeah, so I went to brunch there a couple weeks ago, and I've known about Bershin for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been around since the fall of 2018. Oh, wow. So a little I'm a little over, behind, yeah. Uh, yeah. A little over a year, kind of slowly matriculating out into the uh, the minds of people in, in the Benson area uh, as a, they look for spots to get – Food and beer, and what appealed to me about it is that one of my favorite things when I go to other cities is to find, like, German beer halls. Mm-hmm. I think German beer halls are as fun of a place to go drink. You get sort of the community atmosphere with the the row tables and all of that stuff. Bershin is the closest thing I think Omaha, really Nebraska, has to that kind of setting. And I was lamenting one day on Twitter about how there wasn't anything like this, and they had apparently followed me and tweeted at me, like, hey, have you been here yet? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. And they're like, well, you should. So <laughs> I did. And um, that's kind of started my affinity for the place. And you mentioned uh, they, have, they have great beer and they have very good food. And so I've, I've ate there several times. They recently came out this fall with, like, a brunch menu. And uh, my girlfriend and I, one of our things, because during football season, I'm generally not around a whole lot. Right. Uh, but on Sundays, if at all possible, we tried to go – breakfast somewhere like one of the easier meals for us to accommodate schedule wise and everything we've hit a bunch of different places in omaha found out about bearshin having brunch decided you know during the bye week we should take advantage of that so went over there for their brunch and it was it was unusual in the sense that it was also a liverpool versus manchester city match yeah it's a big soccer and place. so we actually held off on going until a little afternoon because we went on that match to kind of die down a little bit yeah. because on sundays or saturdays where liverpool is playing that place is a zoo uh they're they're the liverpool bar now of omaha and when we finally did get there i mean their burgers are very good and so shelby uh my girlfriend wanted to have the nashville hot chicken like that's the sandwich that they basically have kind of promoted pretty heavily yep uh and i know this to be true because i've become friendly with the owner they've generally come close to or have run out of those sandwiches most sundays Mm -hmm. they prep a certain amount they run out uh and so we were like all right we gotta go try this everyone's talking about the popeye's chicken sandwich let's try this bearshin one and we did and it's very good as someone who's been to nashville several times had nashville hot chicken several times I think it holds up quite well to the reputation. It's not uh, – you see some fast food places that try to do the Nashville no, hot chicken, and it's like – does not work. They just dump some Franks on it. Right. It just makes it <laughs> buffalo chicken. Uh, it's not the same thing. Um, there's a very notable three-letter fast food joint that tries to <laughs> tries to get away with that. I'll, uh, I'll leave them nameless. People can figure that out. But So I also got the um, breakfast burger. Oh, yeah. And so we split a little of each, and – I thought it was good. I mean, the hash browns were good as a side. Uh, I love the the frukost there. I mean, part of the appeal to me is a German beer. And so the the burger was good, which you well know. I think they have great burgers. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, and then the the Nashville chicken was really good. And the other thing is there's like nine other items on their menu mm-hmm. uh, for brunch. And so and their brunch goes, I think, from like 11 to 3 mm-hmm. to kind of accommodates the schedule too. So what did you have? 
I had the Nashville hot chicken sandwich. That's what I wanted to talk about because I, I have had Nashville hot chicken one time and it, it, it was like a life-changing experience for me because I'm someone who loves spicy foods so much and I've been trying to find just some decent version of that in Omaha. And of course, we got to get the necessary Block 16 plug in on every episode of this podcast. So we'll just get that out of the way early. Block 16 does a very good version of Nashville hot chicken. But other than that, I had not really been able to find one that really satisfied me in Omaha. And I'm sure there are others and people can feel free to you know tweet at me or let me know if they know of any others. But this is probably among the best versions of that I've found in Nebraska. I mean, it's a giant chicken breast. It's just spilling out of the bun. And you can get the normal or like a extra hot version. I got the extra hot and I thought it was just the right heat level. Like it gave me a little bit of pain, but it's like that good pain, at least for someone who loves spicy food. They have these giant house-made pickles that add a little bit of ass, a little tang, um, just like a tiny spattering of mayo that kind of like cools the heat down a little bit. I thought it was absolutely excellent. Um, someone else in my family, they got the breakfast burger. Uh, my wife got the breakfast sandwich, which has eggs and bacon and all that. Chicken and waffles. Somebody else got that. Everyone loved their meal. So, Bershin, they do good brunch. We can just get that out of the way. That's uh, that's good to hear. I, I was thinking of you the when the, the Nashville hot chicken came out. I think we just got the, the regular version. Yeah. Which, for me, was hot enough. Mm-hmm. I'm like someone that... I'm inching towards enjoying like spicier food. Um, and I, it's never been that I haven't enjoyed it. It's that it takes over my body. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I am a unfortunately large individual that sweats a lot. Okay. And when I have hot food, it is just like I was outside in the rain for two hours. Yeah. Like I just start sweating. I had like three bites of that sandwich, and I could just feel my hair like start to. It just like moves down your body, yeah. a little bit, like the back of my neck. It's like feeling a little clammy. It's that. I mean, it hit, and that was just a regular. So I would imagine the the extra spicy really really got after it. Well, that's bit. the thing. I'm a machinist. Like I'm a crazy person. Someone else in my family actually just got the normal Nashville hot chicken sandwich, and so you know we're. My family is a family of shares. We usually take a bite of each other's foods. Everyone understands, you know, okay, this is what's really good, everything. So people were trying that version of the sandwich, and they're like, oh, that's hot. And so I'm like, I'm trying to offer my sandwich to people. I'm like, does anyone want to bite? And everyone's like, nope, nope, yeah. you can have that one. Yeah, we're, I, we're good with this level. I don't think I will go there and be like, you know, I need to try this today. Yeah. I, I think that sandwich alone is enough. But the the chicken-to-bun ratio is something that made me think of you on that because it's obviously one of the sort of fun discussions I have with you on Twitter every now and then uh-huh. is just your disdain for bread as it relates to meat and barbecue and uh, more meat, as less well. bread. Yeah. And so they take care of you on that. Yes. You get the giant chicken patty. Yes. And then the normal size bun, which is dwarfed. When I have a meat sandwich, I want enough bread to hold it together to maybe provide a little bit of fluffiness, a little bit of flavor, maybe a little bit of sweetness if it's like a Hawaiian bun or something. And then that's it. Other than that, bread, just stay out of the way. Don't interfere (laughs) with my meat too much. I don't, when I eat a sandwich, I don't want a pile of bread. I want the meat to stand out. But maybe, well, I'm definitely, I was going to say maybe I'm weird. I'm definitely weird. But okay, time to get into burgers. You are the burger expert. And I, I want to 
I don't know. Experts, the word. I, someone that eats a lot of them. That, so, <laughs> that, that can make you an expert. I have a burger experience. That certainly works. We'll go with that. I want to tell a story to introduce why I trust your opinion on burgers so much. And you, me, and uh, Josh Peterson, we had a longstanding tradition. Josh Peterson is a 1620 The Zone um, host in the afternoons. We had a longstanding tradition, and it's kind of fallen off just as we've all gotten older. We've gotten significant others. You know, it's hard to keep friend bases together. But we've long gone out for burgers. Every couple months, we've tried new burger places. We've really tried to get out and try a lot of different things. And so probably about a year and a half ago, it was we alternate between Omaha and Lincoln, and, and it was a Lincoln episode or episode <laughs> meal. And you said, let's, put, let's try this place called The Tack Room. I had never heard of it. So when I looked it up, I saw it, it was in a place I'd driven by it hundreds of times. Many people have. It does not. I don't think it has like, if it has signage out front, it's very minimal. I'd never seen it. It's basically just like a shack yeah. in, in the middle of a road. And I, I got there first and I went in and it is the diviest of dive bars. There are a bunch of like just worn out dudes all just like looking pretty haggard and everything. And I'm looking around, I'm going... Schaefer, what the heck have you gotten us into here? Like, what are we doing here? And then you and Josh showed up, and, you know, we're, we're kind of talking everything. I'm a little apprehensive, but you were like, no, just get the burger. Just try it. And it is the most meat and potato burgers burger of all time. It's just like, it's the Ron Swanson burger. It's like bun, meat, bun. If you want to put ketchup and mustard on it, great. If you want anything else, too bad. And it You can would, get the deluxe, I think, which comes with lettuce. And a pick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They'll yeah. throw some green stuff on there. And it was excellent. Yeah. It was so good. And I already had your burger experience, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. I held it in high regard. But that just, like, pushed it over the top because I was like, this guy found a great burger in the middle of I don't even know where. And it's amazing. So I just – I. That sets the scene, so now people trust you, if they didn't already, which they should. But I want to know, just the Mike Schaefer experience, what makes a great burger in your eyes? Well, there's like different versions of it. Right. So, to me, what makes Tack Room stand out is that the the meat patty is just, it's a handmade patty. Mm -hmm. Someone makes it in the back, like this... This place is just a, a total dive bar, and it, it's reminiscent of a place that I grew up in Columbus, Nebraska, uh, called Gluer's Tavern, and they have very good, you know, bar burgers, mm -hmm. where it's just their kitchen is basically less than half of the size of this room that we're currently sitting <laughs> in. You can see it from where you're sitting anywhere in the bar, and they have very little prep space and even less space to work with, so they have a condensed menu, but what they make is they very do it good. really well, yeah. And so uh, it was just a really, really good bar burger. Someone had basically said, ask me to lunch, and they invited me to go there. I'd never heard of it. I was like, all right. So I go there, and I like dive bars to begin with. Um, it's one of – I just enjoy them. Like, I enjoy going to a place and realizing when I walk in, there's a guy that's probably sitting at the bar that has been at this bar most of his life. Yeah. And he's 63 years old. He's I a, like that. He's a like, regular – it's just comforting to me. Uh -huh. And so then uh, you, you have that burger, and like I said, it's just a really good beef patty. Like, there's no specialty to uh -huh. it. And, I, like, and 
the spectrum of burgers right now is you you have bar burgers like that. You have fast food burgers. You, and then you have, you know, places where you're basically going to these kind of specialty burgers. And I think there's room for all of them in the spectrum, mm-hmm. just sort of depending on what you want. And there's times where I do want to go to a place and get mac and cheese and, uh, you know, ketchup and onion straws on top of the burger. Or I do want, you know, the the uh, farm burger where it comes with the egg and the hash brown patty and everything else on it. Or the Elvis burger where there's peanut butter and all of this. But sometimes you just want something mm-hmm. that is literally, in my case, it would be cheese, beef, and two buns with whatever condiments you want to throw on it. And that's what the tack room provides. And so, like, I don't know if there's a certain thing that makes a burger pop, but generally it's always going to be, does the beef taste good? And in a lot of the cases, the really good burger places, that's the thing. You know, you can dress it up however you want, but if the patty isn't good, then what's the point of eating? I think that ultimately what you just said right there is what it comes back to is, is the beef great? Because if you have bad beef, it doesn't matter how many sauces you throw on it. It doesn't matter, like you said, if you have a fried egg or avocado or bacon or anything. Like, you're getting a burger because you want the beef. If you're having to hide the beef under X number of toppings, you're just doing it wrong. So I I do think there's a lot of – I really like what you said. Like, there are different burger spaces almost, and it kind of – depends on what you're looking for that day. There are some days where, yeah, a fancy burger is kind of exactly what you want. And some days, just give me a meat, bun, Mm -hmm. ketchup, and we'll call it good. Yeah, and there's times where, you know, like fast food burgers are kind of boring now because of where we are in terms of what everybody else is doing. But in terms of expediency, maybe that's what you need too. Mm -hmm. So it's just... The, the spectrum has now spanned wide enough that there's there's room for everybody on it. Right. So, and maybe you just kind of touched upon this, or even at the beginning of the episode when you said, you know, you're bad at saying no to people. Is, is that how you find great burgers? Is just having an open mind and just when someone says, hey, I want to go try this, you're just like, you, you know, you don't shy away from it, but you're just like, sure, let's let's give this a shot. Or how do you find, you know, the, these these backroom burgers that no one would think about, but they're delicious. Well, I, I have some, uh, before you, myself, and Josh went on our burger adventure in Lincoln and Omaha, I had a couple bosses at previous jobs that I would go to lunch with, you know, once a month when I was an intern at this place in like 2008. And they basically just showed me the ropes of Lincoln. Because oh, yeah? that's, like that's what they wanted. They'd want a burger uh-huh. on like a Friday, the last Friday of the month. And so... And then it became, well, we don't want to go to the same place. So then, you know, you just start taking inventory of, okay, here's Parkway Pub. Okay, here's Merle's. Here's this. Here's that. And um, you just, you learn from the people that know more than you do, I guess. And then you just keep kind of following suit. So, uh, and then obviously word of mouth is is huge. And the thing is, it's, it's an easy enough item that it's available everywhere. Um, but then you see the places that want to specialize in it. So then you, you got to go check that out too. So, yeah, it's being open to everything, but it, at the end of the day, I think the other thing that makes burgers appealing to people is that even if it's not particularly good, the floor of it is pretty right. high, Yeah. whereas there's some items, like Nashville chicken, for instance. If you go somewhere and you're excited to get Nashville chicken and it's not very good, it's like a huge bad letdown. chicken is a lot worse than bad beef. Mm-hmm. You know, So I, I think that there's at least a comforting level of, okay, if it's a you know not a great burger, it's still... 
in the wheelhouse of an acceptable experience. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of like risk management, I guess, involved in the whole thing. Uh, But yeah, I I think it's always just kind of being open to somebody's like, oh man, I had a great burger. Go try it. You'll figure it out. Well, that's something I'm kind of interested. I wanted to ask you about is where you stand on getting burgers from places that aren't really known for a burger. Like if you go to you know, a seafood restaurant, you know, the main staples of their menu are seafood, but they usually have a burger. Like a burger is everyone's fallback option in case they don't like the diner doesn't like anything else on the menu. Like, a, you know, a seafood place might have they might have just a standard burger or like a Cajun restaurant has their andouille sausage burger or anything versus like, you know, an honest Abe's, which is just known for burgers or something like that. Where do you stand on if you go to a restaurant of a specific cuisine? Do you ever go the burger route or do you normally try and stick to what the restaurant's known for? It's really just kind of dependent on the day um, and dependent on whatever, you know, the the mood sets in for it. Like the first time I went to Bershin, I had um, one of the sandwiches that they were a little bit more known for and like the Johnny Hammer pants. The next time I went there is like, I want to go try a burger, you know, so... A lot of it is just also, I don't know if other people do this. When I go to a place, you know you're only probably going to, and you're in a family that shares stuff. I don't always do that with friends. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm watching what other people are ordering a lot of times and, like, trying to take mental notes of not just the people I'm sitting with, but elsewhere in the oh yeah in the restaurant. And if I see something that looks good, like I'm going to file that away in case I order something that I didn't particularly enjoy. Uh-huh. Because I, I really do think with with a lot of restaurants, you got to go a couple times before you're really going to be oh, able for to, sure. to know whether you want to go back there or not. And then I don't always know if it's the worst thing in the world to, uh, you know, if you, it, you go somewhere and you're just not feeling whatever it is and they've got a burger, just do it. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you're just feeding yourself. So it's it's not, you know, we, we don't have to make it be more than it actually is. But I, I don't know if I have a great answer to that because there's it's just so situationally dependent. Like there's times where I'll go out, you know, when I travel and it's, well, I really want to try this. And you get there and you see it on somebody else's plate and you're maybe like, eh, that's not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Gonna be. So then you just audible. I know exactly what you're talking about. I usually, before I go to an, a restaurant, especially a new one, I'll, I'll try and look at the menu online. I'll try and look at some, some pictures and try and get an idea. But as soon as I enter a restaurant, I'm looking at, like, sorry, other diners, if I'm intruding on your space or whatever. But I, I'm looking at other people's plates. I'm watching the kitchen door. And, like, when things come out yeah. of there, I'm like, okay, what's that? What's that? Ooh, okay, that looks pretty good. Well, now I'm finding that on the menu. So just... Interesting, interesting that you said that. I don't, so the other thing that I think probably sets me apart from most people is that I don't know the last time I've gone to a restaurant where I haven't researched the menu extensively. Oh, yeah. Even if, like, I'm sitting there with, say, Brunson, BC, and we're in Chicago for Big Ten Media Days, and we're trying to figure out where we're going to go, and Brunson's throwing out options. Like, I'm mad Googling these things very quickly. I'm the same way. Because I don't, like... (laughs) I, I don't think I can fly blind with it. Like, I, I can't just go into a place and then have no idea what they would have. Then the other thing is if, if we lock in on something, I'm not just looking at the menu. I'm taking the menu item, throwing it in on Google, and seeing if I can find photos. Of mm-hmm. it. So I, I go over the top with food. I mean, not to the level that, that I have a podcast about it like you. But um, I just 
it's one of those things that I I never enter a situation completely blind. I yeah. guess. And if I do, it'd be something like the tack room, uh, where I don't think I don't think you can just Google a picture of a tack no. room burger. Like, well, maybe you can now because you've written about it, but nobody knew about that place uh, that uh, my friend group or my peer group at all until I had had it. And then I've like introduced a bunch of people to it and it's slowly kind of become, you know, there's like Friday nights where someone's like, Hey, you want to go to the tack room for a few hours? Like we do that. now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about as close to a thing as I can think of where I'm not like extensive, but when I'm in another city, it, Oh yeah. You, know, you got to, I was in DC for the Maryland game here recently and both places that BC and I ended up at, you know, just constantly like looking to see, okay, this is, it says it's a soul food place. Well, what does that exactly mean? All right, let's look at the photos. Let's browse here. More more websites just need to have like photos that yes. people one, they'll get more traffic that way, which is good for them. But two, it it shows people what it is that they can expect. Exactly. It's window shopping is what it is. Uh-huh. And I, I wasn't planning on getting into this, but we're here. And I think this is a really interesting discussion point, so I'm gonna go with it. Is on different review sites. I I know I've kind of learned as I've talked to more chefs, there are some not so great practices that some of these sites use to source reviews. Um, They can, you know, pay for good reviews. They can take down bad reviews. So I really try and maybe steer away from the review portion because that can be influenced, but pictures cannot be influenced. So when when I can be staged, but if they're on someone else's plate, exactly. Like, yeah. You stay away from the ones, not necessarily stay away, but you kind of take with a grain of salt, the ones that are posted by the restaurant owner. But then when you see ones that are posted by actual people, that kind of gives you an idea of, okay, when I order this item, this is what I'm actually going to get. Like the menu description can be as flowery and everything is at once, but what does it actually look like? And I think that's a really interesting point is trying to find that that balance between looking at the reviews and you know seeing people say oh this you know the prime rib is what you need to order here and then looking at the photos and be like well i'm not sure if that's really the case so i guess where do you stand when you're doing your research do you look at reviews at all or do you more stick to the photos and the menus i will keep an eye on like you know i think everything's what on a five-star scale. Yeah, pretty so much. So I'll, I'll keep an eye on two things, like what the, the stars are in terms of price. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I don't want to, you know, if you're not paying attention to it, because not a lot of places, and I actually think the smart places, don't list their price on their online menus. Mm-hmm. And so then you kind of have to do a little more research to figure out if you're walking into a place where you're expecting to spend $37 on a general burger. Yeah. Uh, you know, which in some of the cities that you visit that aren't Omaha, that's possible so um that's that's something that i try to to look at and then i don't sit through and read people's reviews so much as like mentally kind of browse you know how you can like scan a a page quickly and and see things and then visually like that's what i'm mostly interested in because if it's not like a stage photo that some people might have on their site and it's just the, the photos that you come across on yelp or whatever the other sites are like that can give you a good indication as to, to what to expect. And so, yeah, I, I probably tend to, like I said, I go over the top with it. But to me, it's more so, especially if you're you're in a place that you're not that familiar with, 
It's more so how can I get the best experience possible uh, that I'm not, you know, putting myself somewhere where ultimately I'm going to be disappointed that I chose this place because mm-hmm. I have a finite amount of time. You know, in a place like D.C., we went to a couple restaurants. You want to make sure it counts. It's about maximizing the meal. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I know that there are... And there's people, and I totally get this, and they're probably not the ones that would be listening to a food podcast that <laughs> don't care that yeah. much. Uh, but the ones that do, I think they totally understand. Like, you've got a couple meals, you want to make sure that you're going to take advantage of that, especially when you're somewhere you may not be for another decade or so. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people who will travel, and they'll go to Chipotle for lunch, or they'll, you know, go to... Yeah, a, I mean, I... Well, we, we won't even... We won't touch not even, the... Not even that, but, like... Just going to a chain. Yeah, it's not even the chain thing. It's just I'm big on why would I go somewhere if I can do it where I live? Exactly. That's where I stand. And I also have to keep in mind that some people just are would prefer the comfort and the familiarity mm-hmm. of it. And I'm not one of those people. But it it does sort of blow my mind. And I had a trip with my dad once where we went to Baltimore and we're in, you know, Baltimore, you're near the you're near the Atlantic Ocean. And I kid you not, we went to Chick-fil-A, Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> and then I think one of the days I got a pick and I took us to a barbecue place because Baltimore is low-key one of the one of the, the unsung barbecue places in America uh-huh. because they do pit beef, yeah. if you're familiar with yes. that. That's where that originated from. And so uh, naturally that was his least favorite meal <laughs> when we were there. But but that's just my dad. I mean, it's he, those places like Outback and Chick-fil-A are new and different for him. Uh-huh. For me, it's like, well, that's, you know, I, I live six minutes from an Outback Steakhouse. So. Yeah. Oh, well. But, I mean, that, that's part of the beauty of food is just that everyone has their own personal preferences. Oh, yeah. Like you said, for some people, you know, meals aren't a big deal. And it's more just about getting calories in and getting on with your day. For people like us, we invest a lot, maybe too much we, effort. We wake it. up every day and our first thought is, well, this is what I'm going to do for this. And yes, this is- exactly. How can I maximize every calorie today? It's it's to the point, Dan, where there's not a lot of time that I don't know going into the day, you know, the night before of what I'm going to have the next day. Like that's, it's sort of ridiculous at this yeah. point. Like it, I, don't, I don't know how often I get into a situation where it's like, Five thirty, six o'clock, and I don't know what I'm going to do for dinner. Right. Those people that say that, I look at them like, "What are you even doing all day? Yeah. What do you think about?" It's it's naturally they're productive and, and accomplishing. Right. Things. They're actually doing things with their time instead of looking at menus online. But no, it's the same way with me and Sarah. Like, if we haven't figured out dinner by like noon, one of us is texting the other one and going, "Okay, what are we doing tonight? We haven't talked about this yet. That's weird." Okay, I'm I'm going to bring us back here. We're we, we got on a great sidetrack, but again, that's what we love about podcasts. You've given us a couple underrated burger spots, but just just hit me with some just off the top of your head, either Omaha, Lincoln, surrounding area in Nebraska, just places like the Tack Room that most people might not know about, but you can say, hey, if you need a good burger and you don't want to go wait in line somewhere, this is a good spot. So I might say something that, surprises you here i think i've had it twice this year i have had it twice this year if i had to say that the best burgers that i've had in 2019 came from one place in omaha it is not the usual suspects that you might think of it would be chard oh yeah i love chard yeah i i one i've gone very heavy into the 
I don't know how to pronounce it. Wagyu. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Wagyu beef. It's so good. Yeah. Like it, the the patties are so good. The places that do that now, like I I'm like gravitating towards that. It's one of those things and, where I used to see that on a menu and I'd roll my eyes and be like, oh, you guys use Wagyu patties. And then I actually tried it and I was like, okay, yeah, there, yeah. There, there's something here. This is different. <laughs> and so I like I it could also be because it's top of mind. Yeah. And because some of the places that I used to say were my favorite burgers in Nebraska, I've just started eating everything that isn't the burger there. So then you know, obviously referencing your your friends at Block 16 here. But mm-hmm. um, charred, man. I, I've had it twice this year. I think I did the the breakfast burger, the cowboy burger. I think I've done one other one there. So good. Yeah. And it's it's so filling. Like it's the the fries are good, the you know, whatever. The the side stuff is good, but the actual main event, the burger, is terrific. Mm-hmm. And the the people I was with the other week when we went, they absolutely raved about it. Several of them had never even heard of the place. Uh, and a friend and I had gone there for lunch, and we recommended it to this uh, other people in the group. And everyone left thrilled, you know, with their their burgers. And I, I really think that, like, just that small increase in, like, the beef patty yeah. just makes, makes a, a huge, huge difference. difference. And so right now, if I was giving, like, my, my number one spot in 2019 for a Nebraska-based burger, it would go to chart, wow. I think. They sh- they should make a sticker and put that on the door. <laughs> Mike Schaefer approved I make the, the, the 2019 yeah. burger of the year. They would put it in the trash, but <laughs> you know I could start handing out stickers. Another thing I love about that place specifically is one of the things, and this kind of goes back to our research discussion we just had. One of the biggest things that I struggle with at restaurants is ordering FOMO. It the fear of missing out for people who don't know that acronym is just there's. So many places have so many good-looking burgers. It's just like, okay, I want six of these. I have to choose one. And even if I love that one, what were the other five? Were they better? Were they on the same level? And something that's great about Chard is normally I'm not a slider guy at all, but Chard allows Unless you... it's my dog. Yes, your dog slider, golden retriever, greatest animal alive. Um, I'll tell him you said that. He'll appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, he would appreciate if I said that you thought he was dumb, too, but he's just very appreciative. Love you, Slider. (laughs) But one of the great things about Chard is you can get three sliders for about the same price as one normal burger, so you can try many different flavors. And I just, I love the ability to do that. It's one of the reasons I love Paisans. You can divide up a pizza and have a bunch of different flavors, is you can try different things and, and figure out what you really like. So when you come in next time, you'd be like, I don't have any ordering FOMO. I know what I want. I know what's best. Give me that. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Chard, like I said, would be at the at the top of that list. I'm trying to think of other places that I've had that have, are relatively new to me. I mean, Bearshin, this is the first year that I've had their burgers. I really like that. We've talked enough about them already. I'm drawing a blank a little bit um, because a lot of it, you know, at this point, five, six years of my extensive burger research, you know, you've, you've hit – a lot of the places. I mean, I still love the standbys of uh, of Block 16. If I do get a burger there, and usually it's going to be one of their specialty, uh, you know, yeah, daily, the daily specials, things. yeah. Um, but their their croak was kind of always my stock answer of like best burger in Nebraska. Now I'm starting to starting to question that a little bit, and then I'll go tab it, and it'll be right back. <laughs> but, um, you know, Night Owl does terrific stuff. Um, Sinful does terrific stuff. There's some other places uh, that I've gone. I mean, 
part of the the joy of uh, of dating someone is that they can introduce you to different things, especially if, you know, I live in Lincoln, she lives in Omaha, and so she has, like, a totally different area of Omaha that she spends mm-hmm. time in that I generally have not been around a lot. Um, Tap House, I had, I think we had went there once. Yeah. And I was, uh, it was fine uh, when we went. And then I went to the one out on 100 and, Forty fourth or fifty sixth, somewhere out there, in uh, off of Maple or Dodge. I don't even know. It's over by the Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. Is that Dodge? That might be Dodge. Don't ask me. I'm the absolutely. Yeah, you live in Omaha. I'm the worst with directions and streets. It's just it's like a mental block in my head. Yeah, I can't. Well, it's figure by it a out. Baker's and a Texas Roadhouse. Okay, yeah, so that's off one hundred fifty six and Dodge. There we go. Um, I, we went there, and I don't recall liking the burger that much when I had had it before. Like, I, it was fine. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it didn't stand. Then out. it was great. Uh, the, the next time I had it, I'm trying to think of other places. I feel this is always what happens when you you're in the other side of the the chair and uh-huh. you're not hosting and you're asking someone. Well, here and I'll, then, I'll I'll throw one at okay. you. I, I don't know if you've been to this place, but Dario's. It's like a, I have not. I've heard a lot about. It's it. like a French bistro kind of place. So I've had a lot of other things there, and their beef tips are one of the best things I think I've had in Omaha. They also have an excellent cheeseburger. Like, it is not a place that you would expect to go and get a cheeseburger. You know, some of the other stuff on the menu is like escargot and beef tartare and, like, all this, you know, fancy smanchy stuff. And then there's a burger there. And it's it's like, well, sh- you know, do I come to a place like this and get a burger but I'd heard good things about it, and I tried it, and it's fantastic. So some of it, I think so much, is just trial and error and going to different places and trying to trying to figure it out for yourself. Even if a place doesn't have a reputation for having great burgers, it might hit you right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely, that's absolutely true and fair. There's a, there's a place in Lincoln I'm just now thinking of that, again, like the, the guys that uh, introduced me to the tack room, they took me to this place called JTK. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I even sent you a photo of it. Yes. I think a lot of times what I try to do is just send you photos of good burgers to make you envious. Yeah, and it Um, usually works. So if I just went through our text messages, I could probably find some other places too. But uh, JTK is not a place that you would expect uh, to get necessarily a really good burger because it's like a – That has a reputation of like a fancy date spot. It's a very, very nice date spot. But we went there for lunch, and they have like some pretty good lunch deals, and they just do – a simple but really effective burger. Uh-huh. I mean, is you know you're talking cheese, vegetables, condiments, and the patty. Again, it all just comes back. If the patty is great, the patty's the king. That's what's gonna you know. And if they they cook it effectively and everything, that's what's ultimately going to to pull it in. The patty is the sun. Everything else just orbits yeah, it. That's that's probably true. Um, what is the craziest? oddest, most out-there burger you've had? This doesn't have to be in Nebraska. Obviously, that would be more applicable to the audience, but just like, what's the weirdest burger out there? If you need a second, I can give you mine. You go ahead. Okay. I'll start with the full leaded jacket at Lead Belly. It's It's a burger that is... A cinnamon roll gets cut in half. This burger is put inside of it. Then they dump a bunch of chili and cheese sauce and jalapenos on top of it. It's just totally gross, but delicious, but confusing. I mean, it's not something I don't think I would ever order again, partially because of the guilt, partially just because of the looks that people were giving me when this arrived at the table, which normally I don't care about, but I was just like, I'm 
yes, I'm, I ordered this. But it's it's a one-time thing to experience. It is just it is kind of reminiscent just of that whole chili and cinnamon rolls thing that is such a hot topic in Nebraska. But you're just introducing more ground beef into it, which is already in chili. So it's and I guess you're introducing chili cheese. So that's kind of it's all just a very interesting, confusing, kind of delicious, kind of disgusting experience that I don't really know how to sum up, but I enjoyed one time. Yeah, I have never had that. I um I'll do like the raspberry beret there. Um uh, there's a couple other um lead belly burgers. They're that, very creative. Yeah. I, I like lead belly. They, they do good food. Uh and they're also the the home of new Nebraska kicker Matt Waldock. Oh yes, a, that's uh, true. He was a server. That was probably my favorite sub storyline to come out of the Maryland game. Uh Matt Waldock was a server at Lead Belly and he was working there the day that he found out Nebraska needed some new kickers. And they were asking him to come try out. So Lead Belly, yeah. the official uh, restaurant of Nebraska kicking. Just not a, not a great tagline to have yeah. in 2019. You know, if, if you forget everything that happened before the Maryland game, yes. very good tagline. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so I don't know how to explain why this is so weird, but I've had it two different places. One was here in Omaha, and the other was in Arizona. And the first time I had it was in Arizona. And basically... They were like hollowed out giant chunks of pineapple, um, some sort of like cream cheese, but not like a super cheesy cream cheese. Yeah, it was spread on the on the like King's Hawaiian, a big King's Hawaiian bun. Like it's just a giant Hawaiian burger, and so oh. then there's you know some Hawaiian spices dropped on there, and it was. I like pineapple on pizza. I which love is a, pineapple. A debate that people will have until the end of time. No, we're on the same page um, there. People that don't like warm fruit, like this, is disgusting to them. But a pineapple burger, and this was like a Hawaiian burger, and I'll have to, to figure. I think I got a photo somewhere I can send to you what the the exact toppings were. It was phenomenal. And then Night Owl did something that was similar. They didn't have as many of the spices or the different things uh, that I had down in Arizona, but um, you know, Hawaiian burger with just loaded in pineapple. And this weird sort of cream cheese thing. And very it just good. works? Yeah. Some, worked very well. Sometimes that just happens. With I found that with burgers and pizza. Sometimes there's just you, there's just a wild combination of ingredients that shouldn't work, and it just does. Well, I talked to you about the Elvis burger before, right? Yeah. I, I made that this peanut year. Butter. Yeah. And so I had seen that on a menu somewhere, and I didn't order it, and I just lived with regret for the rest of my life. But it, it's peanut butter, bananas, eggs, cheese, um, and then I think he put something else on it that I didn't. But, yeah, that all basically on a burger patty. I made it home. Probably not as good as if I would have ordered it wherever right. I saw it at. But uh, it was just a unique flavor of uh, of taste there with the peanut butter and the banana. And then you throw in, like, cheese sitting in there. I mean, it's a, it, it was good. It was I, good. I did the same thing probably a year or two ago. I was inspired by Honest Abe's because I went there, and one of their specials was this thing called the Nero. And it this had, is one of your favorite burgers, right? Of from Honest Apes? I've actually never had it there. I thought you I thought you had had it. I have not. Wow. I've just I just made it myself because it I'd never had peanut butter on a burger at this point because I think as most people are, I was pretty skeptical of it. And this had What okay, so I'm a big peanut butter person. Like I, I like peanut butter. You you can add like I didn't I had a friend growing up that I would stay over at his house and his mom would make pancakes and they would slather the pancakes with peanut butter before oh, yeah. they put syrup on it. And I didn't know that was a thing. 
And so then now I just assume because that was so good that peanut butter goes on everything and it's always good. I'm pretty much there. I just I hadn't been introduced to it at this point. Maybe I should have known. You know, but the I, gristle of the I, burger would I guess go well with the. Uh, I just never had peanut butter on meat. Yeah, because we did peanut butter toast all the time growing up. Obviously PB and J, peanut butter on celery, all that stuff, but never had it on meat. And this burger had peanut butter with a sriracha barbecue sauce, yeah. and I was like, that's all kinds of confusing. But it just, like, it works. The peanut butter is, like, creamy. There's a little heat. There's the sweet from the barbecue sauce. And it, it is very, very good. Um, have you had a plant-based slash impossible burger? And if so, where do you stand? I have not. Uh, I plan to have one at some point. I I have no issue with plant-based protein. Like, yeah. I, I'm totally fine with it. If mm-hmm. there's people out there that don't want to eat meat but want to have a burger experience and aren't interested in, you know, a, uh, a portobello mushroom burger or a black bean patty or whatever, and they just kind of want the sort of uh, glorious, you know, hangover eating of a burger. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's what it's for. Like, I, I don't think it's the idea of it is it's a healthier alternative. Because no, it's of, really not right. on most menus. But it's for people who don't necessarily want to eat meat, which I understand why the beef industry would be up in arms over it. But the rest of us, doesn't bother me any. Like, I, you know, I, I will probably try the Impossible Whopper at some point yeah. uh, to see, you know, how that is. It's gotten good I, reviews. You know, there's different uh, podcasts that I listen to where there's a, a chef out in uh, – New York, who has like a, I can't even think of the name of his his burger company, but it's basically all this, mm-hmm. and it, it sounds really good. Like the Impossible Burger, you know, I think you can even buy it in grocery stores now. Yes, yes, And so uh, I, I do want to try it, just mostly out of curiosity yeah. uh, more than anything else. Like I, I sort of doubt that it will overtake my, you know, affinity for, for beef, but uh just out of pure curiosity, I just want to see where it lands. Well, as you and Shelby continue to, to tour around Omaha, I would recommend checking out Modern Love. Yeah. Uh, it is Omaha's premier vegan restaurant. Brunts loves it. Yes. So he was the one, recommended it he was one who, re- who sent me there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the, the veggie burger there. Um, I like. Have you had black bean burgers before? That was my first experience. Okay, so I really like black bean burgers. Um, there are times where I will be, you know, out of state or whatever. And it's like, all right, I can't get a burger because we're probably going to do it again. But what if I sort of get a burger by not getting a beef burger? Right. Is there a difference? Probably not. But black, I I really like black bean patties. My sister-in-law, um, is vegan and she makes beet patties that I've had before. So I've had like a little bit different experience with some of this stuff and I, I, for me, black bean patties are, if I was going to do an alternative to beef, like that's what I would go with to, to make a burger. So that's kind of why I want to try the the plant-based protein. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're winding down here, but I need to, before we conclude this burger episode, I need to know the ultimate Mike Schaefer burger. If you're just building one from scratch. So we're talking bun, meat, ingredients, and sauces. Okay. So I was, I've probably put the most thought into this of when you, you kind of sent me the, what you wanted to hit on. And that's what I like. And it's, it's hard because it's really dependent on whatever mood I'm in in, yeah. a, in a given day. We kind of talked about that. But at the beginning. I was thinking about 
if all things were equal and I walked into a place, what is the type of burger that I'd be most likely to order? So that's that's what it's probably going to come down to. And there's going to be bacon on it uh-huh. in some fashion. Um, it has to be. And so, so there's definitely that. I have become like a very big barbecue Western burger person, yeah. especially if I can get... And the onion ring is nice, but if I can get the onion straws, and those, those are... Like the the texture that that provides into the burger with the bacon, uh, you throw cheddar for the cheese on there. Give me a, you know a barbecue sauce or a house sauce. I become a I become a big like house sauce person. I don't even care what it is. Like if it says house sauce, I'm like I'll just go with it. it you know <laughs> they made it. It must be good. They all end up tasting the same uh, anyways. And if the burger patty is good, it doesn't really matter. And then uh, you know for the the actual patty, I think we got to go with the the wagyu. Wagyu? Yeah. I'm going to pronounce it right someday. I like it so much I should learn. We're going to go with that. I think you're saying it right. I think yeah. Wagyu, right? I always thought it was Wagyu, but it. I think it's Wagyu. We're saying Wagyu. Okay. So, And that's the patty. And it's simple. Like It's not the most exciting concoction you're going to get. And it's stuff that you could make at home, minus maybe the onion straws, unless you have like an air fryer or something. But you know, just even just a straight bacon cheeseburger is probably like at the apex of my you know, dining experience in terms of burgers. Like, I like to go to a place like Honest Abe's or Block 16 and get whatever the special is because mm-hmm. you can try different things, and they do enough of these flavor tests that they kind of have, like, there's a method generally behind the Yes. Uh, but just a straight bacon cheeseburger, and if you were to throw the onions in there, uh, top of the line for me. And see, I love that you just mentioned that because I've been going to Honest Abe's for years and years and i love trying the crazy stuff that they put on there for for people that don't know i mean you can get pork belly you can get like rib meat you can, can we get... talk about how good pork belly is by the way well I my was... favorite meal of 2019 which i would wonder you know at some point if you're gonna do you'll do this podcast to the through the end of the year when you get into your 2019 awards what oh, your yeah. favorite meal is my favorite meal of this year was a pork belly ramen experience i had at momofuku in new york city oh well you went to momofuku yeah absolutely and i'm going to vegas in march and there's a momofuku there you've already my friends are gonna go or not i'm going (laughs) because i need that again it was incredible pork belly is amazing yes i I just want to get that we can definitely agree on that but but back to my honest saves point is like i've had burgers with all the crazy concoctions that they have and the last time i went i just got the greatest, greatest burger, burger ever. ever, which is basically just a bacon cheeseburger. Yep. And it was phenomenal. Yep. That was the first thing I ever got from there. Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. It's just, just simple. In their infancy, like when they started, and the first experience I ever had there again was from this boss, uh-huh. um, you know, former boss, and he invited me to meet him there, and it was like the week after Nebraska had lost to UCLA. And they had opened, I think, maybe two weeks prior. They only had five burgers. Mm-hmm. They had like the greatest burger ever. Um, 1809, the Aphrodite. What's on the, like the standing burger menu Mm -hmm. now? And the, the greatest burger, like it was just terrific. It was like, oh, this place is going to be good. I didn't expect that they'd have like four locations in the next seven years. Uh Um, that's blown up. Yeah. It's very good. What, what is your favorite burger from there that you've had? I going back to the pork belly discussion. Whenever the fuzz Ah, is on the menu. So that's what I'm thinking of then. Yeah. I knew there's one that whenever they have it, you get 
so excited that sometimes you literally post that it's on the menu. Yes. On Facebook yes. or Twitter or something. That That's basically all this burger is, is it's just a burger and then maybe some lettuce or something and then just cubes of pork belly. But it is so stinking good. Oh, man. Honest Abe's. How would you explain the difference like the is it the thickness of the pork belly that makes it that much different than bacon yes because the tastes are similar but one i think that the pork belly is juicier and it's just the thickness it's a little fattier yeah the thing that's missing from pork belly that bacon provides is the texture sometimes i miss the crispy texture a little bit but it's almost like there's just like that little pop that like explosion of flavor when you bite into pork belly that you just you it's there in bacon but it's just like if bacon's a 10 pork belly is an 11 for me yeah no I, i'm with you like if, if i could decide you know you can have bacon on your burger or pork belly on your burger i'm taking the pork belly i feel sacrilegious to take anything over bacon yeah, but, it, but it does, pork but... belly is it's just a little bit higher all right i have taken too much of your time, but I have to ask you one last question no, because sure. this is what I send out every guest with. I need your I got you restaurant. So this is you've got a friend or family members coming in from out of town and they love food. They're a foodie. They say, Mike, I need you to take me somewhere, somewhere special, somewhere that I'm going to remember, somewhere that I'll talk about back home. And you look at them and you say, OK, I got you. Where are you taking them? All right. Um. If it's in Omaha, it's Block 16 because to me right Love now, that's, a, that's the most interesting dining experience that they can get that isn't going to take up too much time. Mm-hmm. On, I mean, if you're going at noon on a weekday, you're gonna you might stand be in line. an hour and a half, um, or especially noon on a Saturday. But there's so much on that menu that I'd be almost aghast if there's someone that's interested in food that walked away and couldn't find something that they wanted there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be there. I mean, if, if it was in the evening, I still think Night Owl, because it's similar to Block 16, can provide a lot of that too. Um, I'm trying to think of like a little bit other. doesn't have to be Omaha, by the way. Yeah, and anywhere. then I'm trying to think, you know, in Lincoln, I've become a big proponent of single barrel. Oh, yeah. Um, very that, underrated for food. Well, it's it's just very good food. Like, yeah. If I gave it a tagline, it's just damn good food. Like, that's what it is. See, I mean, most, most people just think of it as like a country bar right. or like a, you know, you go there to swing dance and but it's like, well, they have good food too. They have good food. They also, and I'm a big sides person, they have tremendous sides. Like, every one of their sides is good. So, yeah. um, if we were talking Lincoln and I was taking, you know, my, my dad, my, my family comes to town and they haven't been there yet. I mean, I would probably pitch to go to, to single barrel and take everybody there. So I, I think those are the ones that jump out. But I feel like I'm leaving a bunch on the table. And I'm going to be annoyed at myself because I'll probably be driving back to Lincoln this morning and be like, oh, man, I should have said this. But those are three that, that come out to me right off the bat. Well, you know what the beauty is, Mike? You can come back on. <laughs> you have a standing invitation, and uh, now now I know because you led the podcast off. You said you never say no. This is a problem <laughs> for you because now I'll just ask again in the future, yeah. and you'll be forced to come back because you can't say no to me. So This is true. This is your mistake. All right. Anyway, this was a true pleasure. This was just as fun as I hoped it would be, just as informative. I hope we've given people a good discussion on burgers, giving them some new places to try that they wouldn't have even thought about. 
Thank you so much for coming on, Mike. Well, thanks for having me, Dan. This is exciting. I'm excited to see kind of where this goes for you. I'm excited to see the different guests and the variety uh, that you have as I sort of can experience food through you and your show. Well, thank you very much. That's what we're trying to provide. Yeah. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. We'll be back with more guests, more quick bites, more restaurant reviews. It's just, if it's Nebraska, if it's food, it's on the table. We'll talk about it. Thanks for eating it. A Parkville Media Production.